off from a break off from the weak mind Think and stay soft You can change lives You create thoughts Never waste time You got one shot You got one life Better pop off What do you like? Make a dream job No 9-5 No mean boss Just my life and free thoughts What's going on everyone? This is True Code Sports Talk And I am your host Andrew Wright Coming at you from Sanger, California And my co-host Coming from you From Clovis, California Is Cody Johnson Cody Hey everybody, what is going on? Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Uh, we got a little bit of a different setup. I hope you guys enjoy it. We got a great episode for you guys reviewing the Super Bowl matchup that's coming up this Sunday. Also talking about NBA trade deadline reactions, along with talking about some betting over and under with the Super Bowl game. So if that sounds good, keep listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel along with our podcast. So that being said, let's get started. Whoa, whoa, fire, fire. <laughs> What's going on, guys? That's right. We're back for a second week in a row. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm still technically in quarantine, um, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm all COVID free now. I am, I'm done. I'm done with the COVID. Uh, so that's good. We just got tested a couple of days ago. So, uh, and it came up negative. So, I went to the gym today, Cody, and uh, had to work out some feelings. Yep. But uh, it, all in all, man, it was good. So, uh, you know, man, what's been going on with you? How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Just honestly working on this new program that we've been doing. If for those that don't know, we're streaming on StreamYard now and uh, really working on that stuff. And I've been polling you about it and probably talking to you with, about it at nauseum. So, and then honestly, just kind of, you know, absorbing all the sports that's been happening the last week or three days, really. It's been like a barrage of stuff, just one after the other, after the other, but all in all, man, been good, been busy, but you know, impatiently waiting for our trip that we're going to be actually taking together in a couple of weeks. So. Yes. Yes. That'll be fun. Uh, And um, I'm looking forward to that, but you know, Cody, no one's on here to see, you know, where we're going to go on vacation for a week when a lot of people are listening to us because they're family uh, and some other people are listening because they like sports. So we'll talk about sports. Uh, we'll, we'll go into that. Um, but man, there, there's a lot, a lot going on, Cody. I mean, we had the NBA trade deadline, which I think we will get to probably uh, in the second half of the show. Mm-hmm. Um We also are going to have – we're also going to be talking about the whole Kyler Murray situation. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's right to start with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is this Sunday, as everyone knows. Um, And um, it's going to be between, obviously, the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is actually um, a very interesting Super Bowl. I think a lot of people were a little nervous about, you know, thinking that the Bengals are going to be an interesting team. But overall, I feel like the Bengals have been um, a a nice story throughout the the postseason. I mean, everyone thought the Bengals were going to beat the Raiders, and that was going to be the extent of it. And not only did they, you know, beat the Raiders, then they go into the Titans, who are the number one seed, beat them. Then they overcome a Kansas City Chiefs team that is actually the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, if you look at all the betting odds. Um, and they beat them uh, by coming back in the second half, which was crazy in itself. And they're here in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, 
as much as we can look at the Cincinnati Bengals and say, uh, you know, they got lucky in some ways, which mm-hmm. I think a part of, uh, of the NFL, you have to be somewhat lucky. You know, Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first of all, that's the Buccaneers getting lucky. That's not mm-hmm. Tom Brady getting lucky. That's, that's the Buccaneers. Um, and then everything fell together for them last year. Uh, and then this year, you see, they had the same exact team, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as lucky. Now you look at the Bengals, they, a little bit of luck came into play. But mm-hmm. hey, you know what? They won it. They're here. They got it. It's awesome. And then you have the Rams, who are an absolute powerhouse in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, and um, this team, I think for all intents and purposes, they kind of underachieved. I think a lot of people thought they could potentially go like 14 and three, 15 and two, mm-hmm. you know, realistically, because you look at that defense, you look at that offense, uh, there's not many holes in that team. Um, but they did have a new quarterback. And, and, and I, I know you and I, we had talked about it. I had talked about it, that I felt like Matthew Stafford, he kind of always had games in Detroit that, you know, a lot of people would say, well, majority of his, um, I would say not so much success would be uh, because it was Detroit, but I think a lot of it too was there were games that Matthew Stafford showed where he wasn't, he wasn't doing anything. And so, and he had a few of those games here, but the thing is, is now you're on a better team. You can overcome certain, certain games, certain bad games, and you have people to pick you up. Uh, This is an intriguing Super Bowl. Um, so I, we're going to go into our predictions here, Cody, but I just kind of wanted to talk about both teams and why this is such an interesting uh, game that we're mm-hmm. having. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would have preferred maybe a Chiefs-Rams, you know, um, I guess rematch. of mm-hmm. You know, what was it, 2018, I believe, was the game, you know, one of the best regular season games in NFL history. Yeah, um, I, I, I think a lot of people would want to see that. But to be honest, I, I think this is kind of that type of a game 2.0 um i think the the Bengals have a lot of firepower and so do the Rams. so this is going to mm-hmm. be interesting but cody why don't you talk about the game and then uh what your what your prediction is yeah so i think one of the fun things about it too is we've got some two really young head coaches that are in the nfl sean mcveigh obviously the more experienced one between him and zach taylor uh, i think that's an interesting storyline considering last year we had the two oldest um, you know, head coaches going head to head in last year's Super Bowl. And, you know, that was still relatively entertaining, even though the Buccaneers essentially dominated the Chiefs in that one. But, you know, in this matchup, it's really interesting because, you know, on on paper, you would think that the Bengals are, you know, undermatched. There's no way in, in the world. But I mean, we said the same thing when they went against Tennessee. We said the same thing when they went against the Chiefs. And yet here they are in the biggest stage of them all. And, you know, you can't help but you know, think that that was a lot of it was due to Joe Burrow's credit and his moxie and his, you know, big playability and, you know, him not shrinking in the moment for being a second year, you know, quarterback, he's got, you know, a lot of um, composure to stay in the moment and not get ahead of himself where a lot of, you know, veteran quarterbacks, in fact, can't even do the same, you know, um, and then you have the Rams that are returning back to the Super Bowl, and you wonder now was Stafford the missing piece. And I had mentioned it in our, uh, in our um, preseason predictions, basically when we were doing the uh, um, record breakdown, as I said, the Rams are a scary team with Stafford. Now, I mean, if we are looking at the same offense and improved defense and a better quarterback, 
because I don't think we can doubt that uh, Stafford is a huge upgrade from Jared Goff, that this team could pretty much do a pretty deep run. And it's scary to think what they're, uh, what they could, you know, achieve if they really fired on all cylinders. And I think what was really appealing too was, you know, they signed uh, Von Miller in the middle of the season. They were, they won the OBJ sweepstakes and retained him on the team. So now we've got all these high profile stars that we've loved for a long time that were on sinking teams that are now basically now on the grandest stage of all and playing in LA, us in California, uh, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, the Rams are the second team in NFL history to play basically the Super Bowl in their home stadium, which is pretty unique in itself. Uh, so I, I'm pretty eager for the game. I haven't been able to really decipher who I think will win outright. Uh, but you're putting me in the spot right now, putting me against the corner. And I'm going to tell you right now who I'm predicting to win the Super Bowl. And that's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I say all that. And again, the Rams are a super talented team, but I think a couple of things of where the Bengals are going to excel and win Joe Burrow, I think in a way he's the oldest second year quarterback. That's kind of in the league right now. So he's mature. He's gone through the phases of losing, winning, been on the stage of grandest stage already in college football where he played against, uh, you know, some high, high powered teams and he's defeated them convincingly. Uh, they have Jamar chase. Who's almost impossible to stop. We thought, the Chiefs had an answer for him, and they didn't. We got Ty, uh, T. Higgins, excuse me, who's a great secondary option, and then Tyler Boyd, who's pretty much a number one option on any other team, but he's ironically the third option on this team. Joe Mixon, who can catch and run the ball like crazy, and you have a Bengals defense that overachieves, and I think them putting pressure on Stafford, getting Stafford into making mistakes is going to be a huge key in this. And I also think, too, Joe Burrow is playing with house money. In his second year, he led his team to the Super Bowl, which is only going to make his legacy even better. Matthew Stafford has a ton of pressure because here he is, you know, year 13 in the league, now playing in the Super Bowl. Is is he for real? Is he going to uh, crumble under pressure? Or is he going to live up to the moment? And I think that kind of weighs out in a lot of ways to where Stafford may, you know, take chances he shouldn't. He may be really... Uh, you know, overzealous with the ball. Uh, the Rams don't really have the have the greatest uh, you know, reputation would keep protecting the ball and, and fumbling it a lot. I mean, Cam Akers fumbled it nearly four times against the Buccaneers. So for those reasons, a lot of it, uh, in my perspective, I believe that the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl this year in a surprising fashion. I think it's gonna be a close game ultimately, but I think the Bengals will will fight, they'll claw, and I think they'll gonna be the ones that come out on top at the end of it. You know, I, I don't hate that prediction because as we've been talking about the teams, um, Cody, you know me. Uh, when we talk about fantasy football specifically, I always tell you I never like going after second-year players. And the reason being is typically if someone has a great rookie year, if they're, if they're a great player, they usually will take a slight step back, but it is a step back. Um, and you never know how drastic it can get. And so I never, I, I never like to chance it. Now, if you have an all-time great player, you always take them no matter what. But Joe Burrow, what happened to him last year, not only was it he came, uh, he came into the league. He was a national champion. Uh, he was a, a Heisman Trophy winner. Comes into the league. 
He's the number one overall pick. Um, and he comes into kind of a messy Cincinnati situation. Um, and they're not, they're not good. You know, they, they really struggle. They have a couple of games where they look nice. You know, Joe Burrow, he seems like he's going to be a good player. Um, and then he gets hurt and he's out for the season. And so this year, coming into this year, I really still like Joe Burrow. And I actually drafted him in a, in a fantasy league. And I, and I can't tell you it was any certain um, it was any certain play, any certain way he does things. It was just a gut feeling. And I feel like when you have these gut feelings about certain guys, it's just it's one of those things that uh, what everyone every expert talks about, it's the it factor. And Joe Burrow has it. For some reason, he does. Mm-hmm. And it's unexplained. But for some reason, last year was his rookie year. And he had a good year. It wasn't that he had a really bad year. He was mm-hmm. just on a bad team. This year, he had a better year and was on probably about the same amount. Like, had a lot of the same players. A few different, obviously, with Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the defensive players that they that they picked up and um, their offensive line was a little different. But overall, this is a pretty – this should have been a mid-team at best. Mm-hmm. And they have not only overachieved, but they have excelled. And they have made head coaches who are getting signed right now sweating because Zach Taylor – got this thing rolling in two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, obviously, it helps when you have Joe Burrow, but I, that's what I just want to say is, like, I don't think your prediction of Joe Burrow, I don't think it's crazy that people are picking the Bengals, especially you. I don't think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. You got to the Super Bowl somehow. Why is that magic all of a sudden going to stop? But I'm going to tell you why. Because <laughs> I have <laughs> the Rams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to beef you up a little bit. I have this I have the Los Angeles Rams. And, By the and, way, let's let's be me, honest. Let's be also honest to the audience as well. You're staying in your in-laws' house who is avid yes. Rams fan. So it, you know, it's safe to say that if you didn't pick them, you probably wouldn't be sleeping there tonight. So full yeah. disclosure yeah. on the bias that's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> and I and I'm not a guy who talks quiet, so they're yeah. probably <laughs> listening right now. So they're 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 making sure that because I've been I've been pumping up Bengals, so they're probably like, "Whoa, is he going to pick the Bengals?" Right? <laughs> he, he might have to sleep in his car. No, um, you know, uh, but I, I got to pick the Rams, and it, it's it, it's really um, I know you're joking, but it's really not about um, that. The Rams are close, you know, to me with my family. It's it's mainly because of my formula, Cody. Yeah, you, you knew it was going to come at some point, but I, you know what? I've actually updated it because I think the game of football has changed a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, it's more offensive oriented, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to look at certain things. Defense still matters, of course. Yeah, but I don't think it's as huge as it once was. Um, well, and me I think saying the, that I think the Buffalo Bills would beg to differ. <laughs> well, what I what I mean by that is. Um, a lot of like penalties go yeah. the offensive way. Sure, a lot of play calls. Um, a lot of the things that hey, just let them let it go, and then then you can uh, look at it. It's mm-hmm. more towards the offense, not necessarily the defense. I feel like the refs are quicker to the whistle when it comes to a defensive play. And so, what I mean by that is not that defenses don't matter in the league anymore. It's 
it's just unfortunate, but the way the league is set up, it's more offensive oriented. So my old, my thing is always I look at who's the better quarterback between mm-hmm. the two, who's the better head coaches between the two, and who's the better defenses. Now I've added two okay. because I felt like this year offensive lines have really mattered. And mm-hmm. so I, I look at the offensive lines. And then also I look at what are your overall weapons. Sure. Weapons meaning running back, receiver, okay, or mm-hmm. and tight end, of, of course. Um. So for me, I look at the two quarterbacks. I'm going to give it to Matthew Stafford because he's a veteran. Okay. Sure. Um, you can make the argument for Joe Burrow. And, and if you do, it honestly still won't change where I'm going to go with this. So I'm going to pick Matthew Stafford because I do believe uh, he is a veteran presence. Yes, this is his first Super Bowl, just like Joe Burrow. But I feel like Stafford um, has had so many moments in his career where um, when pressure is on him, it doesn't really scare him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick with Staff. I'm going to pick Stafford on that one. Then I look at the head coaches. You got to give it to Sean McVay. Although Sean McVay, to be fair, has only made it to one Super Bowl, but he's gotten into the playoffs almost every single year. So yeah. he's doing something right. It's not like he's trash. And then Zach Taylor, this is his first successful year. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at the track record, we go with McVay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then I look at the defenses. By a landslide, it's the Rams. I don't think it's even debatable. You can talk right. about um, you can talk about some of their you know pass rushers that the Bengals have, but overall, you look at Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to say any more. Sure. Um, so then I look at the offensive line, and I've said it from the beginning. I still feel, and I still 100% believe this: the Cincinnati Bengals have the worst offensive line in this playoffs Mm -hmm. and i think that is really bad for the Bengals when it comes to the rams because the rams have a a decent offensive line i wouldn't say a great offensive line but they're pretty good Mm -hmm. um and they're way ahead of the cincinnati Bengals. and then you look at the Bengals having to go against the the rams defensive line just the Mm -hmm. line talk about von miller aaron donald uh and then leonard floyd that's that's tough Man, that's tough to overcome. Um, and then you talk about um, who has the um, who has the better weapons. Now, this might surprise you, but I would actually give it to the Bengals because I agree with you. I think Joe Mixon is a better running back than Cam Akers or Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. I think Jamar Chase is a star in the making. I would put Cooper Cup over him, yeah. but when I like Odell Beckham, I really do. But I think the the combination between you look at uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd, and and I would put C.J. Uzama on there as well. Um, I think he's actually been a low key, um, real difference maker for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would put them over over Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, they're great. But I don't feel the same about Van Jefferson. I don't feel the same about Tyler Higby. They're nice. They're nice. Right. But I, I think as a as a whole unit, I would pick the Bengals on that one. So by unanimous by unanimous decision, it would be the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have I have the Rams winning this, um, and it's because of what they have continued to do. I think the Bengals are a great team, and I think they're going to be. Uh, going on another deep playoff run next year, 
mm-hmm. um, and possibly getting into the Super Bowl again. Who knows? Uh, but they're really going to have to fix that offensive line, and they're going to have to work on that defense a little bit. And I think that's going to be something that they have overcome the last three games. I don't think you can do it in the biggest game of all. I just don't think you can overcome that. I'm going to pick the Rams in this. Gotcha. Quick question, though. Who's your X factor on the Rams team for the Super Bowl win? This is a tough one. Um, You know, as much as I would like to say, like, you know, (laughs) the easy answer, Cooper Cup. Sure. (laughs) Maybe Cam Akers. I'm actually going to go, and and this might be cheating as well, but I'm going to go with Odell Beckham because I looked at Odell Beckham in the last game that he had um, against, against the Niners, he was actually really effective. He was coming up with some, some big first downs when they needed it the most. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like he was extending drives more than like, you know, a Matthew Stafford or a Cooper, like Cooper cup had the big plays, of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not shaming him in that, but Odell Beckham had the little plays that they needed to continue drives to, to uh, maybe overcome some like second and 14s or, mm-hmm. you know, first and 15 or whatever it was. Um, I felt like he came up big when they needed it the most on, when you talk about um, the overall, like, you know, the in-depth football looks, I felt yeah. like Odell Beckham was, was a huge factor in that. And I think he's going to have to have a big game because the Bengals are not dumb. They're going to, du- they're going to have to double cover Cooper cup. Now, I'm mm-hmm. sure mo- mo- majority of teams have tried to do that and not successful, but it means Odell Beckham has to step up a little bit to kind of give a little uh, give for Cooper Cup to kind of uh, not always see double coverage every single play. So the yeah. X factor for me would be Odell Beckham. What about you? Well, it's a tough one because, again, as we've highlighted, Bengals have quite a a bit of weapons to choose from. I mean, I'll I'll eliminate Jamar Chase just because obviously he's going to be the number one target for Burrow. I'll eliminate Burrow. Obviously, he's the he's the man right now that's kind of gotten him where they're at. So in my opinion, I'm kind of wavering between Mixon and T. Higgins. So I chose T. Higgins last week and he proved to be right for me in terms of my X factor to get over the Chiefs. And he he sure as heck did a good job at doing so. But I'm actually going to go with uh, Joe Mixon in this one. Uh, as my X factor. And the reason why is because I really do feel like as what you mentioned with the Rams uh, front, uh, obviously with their linebacking, having Von Miller coming around the edge, um, you know, the run game is going to be super important. And Joe Mixon being a versatile back where he can run the ball, pound it between the tackles, go on the outside. Also, he's got really good hands. So it could really, you know, the screen game could be really alive or some quick draws or whatnot. In my opinion, if they can get Joe Mixon running early, running often to where they kind of just beat down the Rams uh, defensive line, get them tired. I really feel like that Joe Mixon could be kind of like the difference maker that really swings the the momentum over to the Bengals, because we all know that the Bengals are going to throw it all over the yard and the Rams know that as well. And sure, Jalen Ramsey is going to be probably, you know, covering either Higgins or Chase. Uh, which means you really need to think about, you know, exploiting the mismatch with Mixon on, you know, an, a, a slower linebacker or, you know, a safety that is out of position when it comes to the screen game or, uh, or something along those lines. So I really think that Mixon is going to be what helps the Bengals kind of cross over to where 
now they have a really explosive offense because the Rams now don't know what they're doing. You know, the run game's getting going. He's now involved in the pass game. You now have to put a hat on somebody. You can't just double Jamar Chase. You can't just, you know, yeah. double uh, Higgins. You gotta, you gotta now have one one person on everybody. And we all know that none of these Bengal players can be held down one on one, unless of course it's Jalen Ramsey. But even still. You know, he's human. At some point, he will make a mistake. And those receivers, you don't want to make a mistake against because they're big, they're fast, and they're they're all yeah. they're all really explosive and have great hands. So for me, it's gonna be Joe Mixon. I'm actually kind of surprised you said Mixon because I, w- I would have thought you would say maybe CJ Uzama because um the Rams weakness in their defense is their linebackers. Mm-hmm. And um I think CJ Uzama is gonna have a big game especially he didn't even play i mean he was injured like beginning of the game last week so um they didn't get a really good look of at him or how they want to use him last or not last week i guess two weeks ago right um so i i feel like um if uh if the Bengals want to have a a good game i think cj uzama is going to be a real x factor so kind of surprised but i think joe mixon i mean is is a good pick because especially you talk about the weakness of the rams defense their linebacking core uh, Joe Mixon, if he gets past that defensive line in the run game, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to get a big game. Even yeah. if the safeties are coming up, even if the corners are hitting them, uh, that's at least going to be an eight-yard game. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not saying it's it's the wrong answer. I don't want you to think that. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to do something a little different. This is something. This is new that we've done. We we've never done this before. We're going to talk about the betting lines and kind of what we think is going to happen. So we we talked about our predictions. You think the Bengals are going to win? I believe the Rams are going to win. Mm-hmm. I think we're done with that. We don't we don't need to go any further. But let's talk about the player props. Okay, yeah. the game betting. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was the the major thing: the total score of the Rams Bengals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the total score, they have it at a 48 and a half under or over Cody 48 and a half total score of the Rams Bengals. I'm going to say over. I think each team will probably get into the thirties in this game. So I'm going to go the over. I'm going to go under. Okay. And here's my reasoning. I think the Rams defense is uh-huh. really going to do a lot because Jalen Ramsey, you can put him on an island with Jamar Chase. Yes, Jamar Chase is a fantastic receiver. I'm not saying he's not going to get any catches. I mean, mm-hmm. Jamar. I mean, Jalen Ramsey has been burned many times, but I also think that Jalen Ramsey, he's been in big games like this. He's going to know, and he's going to get in Jamar Chase's head. This is a big game for a rookie to be playing, and mm-hmm. as the number one option, I think Ramsey is going to shut that down. And I feel like Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. Javon Miller, they're going to have a field day getting to Joe Burrow and shutting down Joe Mixon. So I think the Rams are going to actually score a majority of the points, and I think the Bengals are going to struggle. I think towards the end, I think the Bengals will score a few, but uh, I'm going to go with the under. I am. All right. All right, Cody. So let's talk about the player props now. Um, So for Matthew Stafford, the under over is uh, 280 and a half, 280. 0.5 0.5 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you think he's going to get over or under 280? Well, he threw for 330 in the game against the 49ers. That was kind of a low scoring game. 
I've already predicted that they're that the line's going to go over 48 and a half. So I'm going to say it's he's going to throw over on that one. I'm going to I'm going to take the over on the 280 and a half. I'm going to go under as well. And, and the reason is, is Matthew Stafford. He has proven that if he's not the focal point of the offense for the Rams, mm-hmm. he um, he's going to be about 250 passing yards. And usually when that happens, the Rams are, are actually playing at their best when he's not mm-hmm. throwing over 300 yards. Because if he's throwing over 300 yards, they have to rely on him the most. So I feel like the Rams are going to win. They're going to play to their strengths, which is going to be uh, initiate the run with Michelle and Akers, but also mm-hmm. let Matthew Stafford, you know, throw, obviously. Um, but I feel like, like I said, I don't, I think they're going to be able to shut down the Bengals for the most part. So towards the end of the game, I don't think Matthew Stafford is going to have to throw as much. So uh, I'm going to say under. Okay. All right. So Cody, Joe Burrow, 275.5 yards. Is it going to be under or over? Wow. This one's a little bit of a tough one. My urge is to go over just because I think it's going to be a shootout, but I'm going to go the under on this one, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to say by much, though. I think he'll be right around the 270, maybe 265 mark, but it's going to be an under for me on that 275 and a half line uh, for Burrow. I just feel like he'll throw and he'll get the guys involved. But I, like I mentioned, with my X Factor being Joe Mixon, I think with the run game getting involved, he won't have to throw it, you know, 400 bajillion yards like he did against the Chiefs in week 17 and, and what he did at, leading into the playoffs. So I think I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm going to go under too, and it's it's for the main reasons that I've been saying. I I think they're going to struggle in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's going to be hard to kind of overcome. Now he he might get the over. I um you know this is this would be one of those that I wouldn't really bet if I were actually um, betting these because um you just never know. I mean, like I said, I I'm banking that Jalen Ramsey's going to have a phenomenal game. I'm banking mm-hmm. that the defensive line is going to get to Joe Burrow majority of the game. Um, but you can't really necessarily do that. So, um, you know, this is a, this is a toss up for me, but I'm going to say under as well, just sticking with what I've been saying so far. All right, Cody. So passing touchdowns for, uh, Joe Burrow, and Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow is at one and a half. Mm-hmm. Is he going to have under or over? He's going to have over for sure. There's no real explanation. I, I think he'll have at least two. So it's an over for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to have at least two. So I, I would say over. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it's one and a half, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, again, I know the defense is that good, but I think like even if the defense is that good, like I've been saying, mm-hmm. towards the end of the game, they're going to be laxed. They're going to let things go. Um, so I feel like Joe Burrow is going to get at least one cheap defense or one cheap touchdown, and then I feel like he's going to have one in the in the middle of the game at least. So you're, you're uh, making it sound like it's already. A, you're making it sound like it's going to be a blowout. I know you took the uh, under on the scoring, but you're making it sound like the Rams are going to be forty and you know the Bengals are going to be six. I mean, you think they're going to be that bad? I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, I okay. I feel like it's going to be more of like a like a twenty four you know, 13, something like that. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe like 30, 10. Oh, wow. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. May I would say like a 30, like 30, 16, 30, 17, like score type of a, of a score. 
Okay. So it's not that bad, but I'm just saying, you know, 17 points, that's only two touchdowns on a field goal. So I feel like Joe Burrow will get a touchdown in the middle of the game. Towards mm-hmm. the end, he's going to get a cheap touchdown, and then they would have had a field goal at some point. So, Okay. All right, Cody. So Matthew Stafford, under or over two and a half touchdowns? For this one, I'm going to go over as well. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be at three, and I would not be surprised if he actually threw four, but I'm going to say three. I guess I, I think that he'll have three, and I'm pretty certain that, you know, Sean McVay is going to come up with some trick play where Odell Beckham throws one. So that'll take away the fourth one if, you know, if uh, Stafford were to have one. But I'm going over on that two and a half. I'm actually going to go under, and I, I think. I think Matthew Stafford has been about two touchdowns when they're winning. Um, and I feel like Sean McVay, he's going to make some some plays where – I think, honestly, there is a bet uh, that I actually saw that was kind of a fun bet, and mm-hmm. I actually think it's going to happen. Uh, there's a bet where it says a non-quarterback will throw a passing touchdown. Yeah, and I, think I think so. Sean McVay is going to do that with Odell Beckham because Odell Beckham does have an arm. And so why not use that to your advantage? So yeah. I'm going to go with uh, under two for Matthew Stafford. Or I'm going to have him at two, but I would take the under in the two and a half. Okay. All right. So now we're getting into the into – the, well, let's start with the rushing yardage, um, and then we'll go into the, the passing yardage. So Okay. Cam Akers will start with mm-hmm. his line is at 64 and a half. Is he going to get under or over that acres at 64 and a half? I'm going, I'm going under and I don't want to sound discouraging, but I'm going way under. Um, I heard that uh, Daryl Henderson's going to be back. discouraging, but I am, yeah. <laughs> but I will discourage um, Daryl Henderson's uh, going to be back. Sony Michelle's going to be back. I know that Cam Akers is coming back from an, uh, a ruptured Achilles or a torn Achilles. But uh, I think he'll have a decent game. But in terms of rushing, I don't think he'll get 64 and a half. So I'm going way under on that one. Yeah, I'm going to take the under too. Honestly, even if Henderson wasn't coming back, um, I think they're going to use Sony Michelle a little bit more in this game because mm-hmm. uh, I think they like Michelle and what he brings to the uh, brings to the team. And Akers did have a couple of uh, um, iffy uh, plays against San Francisco. So... Um, I would I would take uh, Cam Akers uh, on the under. All right, Cody. So Joe Mixon, this actually kind of surprised me, but the under over for Joe Mixon is sixty two and a half. So what are you taking? Um, I'm going to take the over on this one. I trust Joe Mixon to get at least more than sixty two and a half. I, you know, my concern was um, even when they went against the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't a god awful defense. They've got a an okay run defense. And even like, you know what I thought with the Bengals having a terrible offensive line, I thought that they would have stopped the, um, the run game real quick, but I'm going to say, uh, but I was surprised to see that Mixon got 88 rushing yards. So I'm going to say that, uh, I'm going to take the 62 and a half over for Mixon. I, I was surprised it was at 62 and a half because I do feel like Mixon has a really good shot about taking the about getting the over, mm-hmm. but I'm actually going to take the under. And the reason I would take the under in this in this case would be because I feel like um, 
if the run game doesn't get going early, they're going to really they're going to be passing it. So with Joe mm-hmm. Mixon, I think majority of his yards are going to be receiving yards. So um, I don't I I'll have to see when we get to that point. But I'm kind of curious of what Joe Mixon's under over for receiving yards would be because I would probably take the over almost on yeah. any number except for like a hundred. Right. So yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so I, I'm going to take the under in that in that scenario. All right, Cody. So we're going into the receiving yard. So we're actually going to see that right now. His under over is 26 and a half for receiving yard. I would take the over. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that wasn't one of the things that we were talking about, but it just popped in my head. And I, I would, I mean, honestly, that would be one of the few, if I were, I mean, I always think about maybe I should make the bet. That would be one of the bets I would take. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely bet on that one. Yeah, I can see that. But I'm not going to because my wife will my wife will be mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cody, Cooper Cup, a hundred and five and a half under or over. I am going with the over. I'm gonna say he's gonna get okay. I'm I say I'm gonna say he's gonna get about the hundred and twenty ish range, but I'm going over on this oh. one, believe it or not. I think he's gonna be I thought you were gonna say like two hundred. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I think that he will have a very similar stat line to what he had last uh two weeks ago against the Niners. I think yeah. Cup is gonna have a huge game. I don't know anybody on the on the Bengals team that's gonna come close to stopping him. Mike Hilton's not going to do it. Uh, Who's he? He's pretty good. Who's he? Maybe, but I mean, I I felt like that the 49ers had some pretty good cornerbacks, and they they couldn't they couldn't yeah. stop him even if they tried. You know, they could have triple teamed him, and he still would have gotten it. So, I think Cooper Cup is just on another planet. So I'm going to go over on that one. I'm actually going to take the under. Like I said before, I think Odell Beckham is going to be the X factor. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the Bengals are going to do, because honestly, the secondary for the Bengals is a little bit better than the Niners. Probably not by much, but I do think it is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would actually take the under in this scenario because I feel like he's going to be doubled the majority of the game, which is going to open up for Odell. So um, I think we're going to get to Odell Beckham's uh, line in a little bit. So. We'll talk about that, but I'm going to take the under for Cooper, honestly. Okay, Cody, Jamar Chase, his under over is 79 and a half. What are you taking? I'm going over. Jamar Chase is going to have a beast type of game. I don't, I mean, I know that Jalen Ramsey is really good, and I know that you made the point that he's probably going to get in the rookie's head, but I really feel like that if if uh, Jamar Chase was going to windle under certain pressure, I thought it would have been with the Chiefs just because – you know they're, you know they're trying to get into the Super Bowl for the fourth year in a row. Uh, they came out to a super large lead, or not a large lead, but they had a pretty comfortable lead right before halftime. And then obviously we know what happened after that. But um, I feel like that Jamar Chase obviously will benefit from T Higgins, who we'll talk about momentarily. But I feel like Jamar Chase is going to have a pretty epic Super Bowl, and it's. It, I think it's going to be near record numbers, in my opinion, just because of the connection Burrow and Chase have. So I'm going the over on that one. I actually debated. I wasn't sure if I was going to take the under or over, but I'm going to, I'm going to go the under. And and yes, you could say that 
if he was going to fold, it should have been in one of the biggest games. But to be honest, um, he had a really successful game against the Chiefs in the regular season. Now, coming into the playoffs, he's going against the same corners that he faced that time. So, I mean, I would have taken the under in in that game as well, just because I felt like the Chiefs would have been like, well, we're not going to let him beat us again. But he kind of did. So... You know, I, I think Jamar Chase is a fantastic receiver. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's not that good. I think he could become one of the best receivers in the game, and and I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, but as of right now, he still is a rookie. He is still learning the NFL, and um, he's never faced Jalen. He's not faced a dominant corner like he has in, in Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. So, um I, I feel like Jalen Ramsey is going to shut him down for majority of the game. Now he could get the over in you know late game stuff like he had against the Titans. I mean he was a no show in the Titans game until like the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden Jamar Chase was all of a sudden he showed up. You know, yeah. Um, so and that's what scares me about Jamar Chase is um, there have been times, especially in these playoffs, where he kind of just was a no show until the very end. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be my fear, but I'm, I would take the under in this just because I do feel like Ramsey um, and that secondary as a whole, not just Ramsey. I mean, Williams on the other side, uh, the two safeties that the Rams have, I think they can, they know how to, uh, how to deal with the top receivers like Jamar Chase. Yeah. Okay, Cody, Odell Beckham Jr. His under over is 62 and a half. What do you got? I got the over. I agree. He'll have a. Uh, I I will say that he will have a big game as well. I think, I think he will have more than more than hundred yards rece- receiving wise, um, along with Cooper Cup. So I think those. I think you know what you're, um, what you were saying is going to be one hundred percent correct with the receivers. How they're both going to be hard to stop. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're both really talented. So I, I'm going to go with the under with this one, Odell Beckham. And I, I actually think he's going to get in the triple digits in terms of receiving yards. So I'm going the over. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take the over as well. And just like what I said, I feel like, I think Cooper cup could end up getting a hundred yards, but 105, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, like I said, I feel like they're going to double team him a lot. And I feel like Odell Beckham, his performance kind of got overshadowed by Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, Odell Beckham is going to want to prove that, listen, I was right to get out of Cleveland, which I'm pretty yeah. sure he's already proven. But anyway. Oh, you mean Odell um, Beckham isn't washed? You mean he's not washed up? Yeah. He still play? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you have a decent quarterback, I mean, it'll, it'll happen. But that's another topic for another day. Um, but I, I do also feel like, um, a lot of people are worried about Cooper Cup and kind of forgetting that Odell Beckham is still – he's got really good hands, and he's mm-hmm. still got a lot of speed. So I would uh, I would take uh, Odell Beckham for the over. I'm glad that your son had a shirt on, by the way. I know. Me too. <laughs> and, of course, he has to he has to walk right as we're recording and make sure what? that – What's going on? Seen. Huh? <laughs> anyway <laughs> – Oh, God, I hope you leave that in. Um, T. Higgins, his line is 69 and a half. Is it going to be under or over, Cody? It, it's going to be over for my opinion. I think uh, Higgins and Chase will have both good games. I don't know if Higgins will get to 
get to over 100 yards like I anticipate Odell Beckham getting to. But I think Higgins will get like a good 80 plus on this one. So I'm going to go with the over. Higgins is such a large receiver that, you know, I don't know if there's anybody on the Rams defense that's tall enough to even compete with him. And if the Bengals get into a goal line situation and they can easily just run some, you know, fade posts to him. And I don't know if there's a tall enough person that's going to stop him because he's he's just dominant and he's got really good hands such speed for that size of him so yeah. i'm gonna go with the over on that and and again if he gets less than what's the line 67 and a half that's that's really 69 and a half that's really questionable of you know that'll probably be the reason why the Bengals were to lose is if they don't get higgins involved where he has you know 80 to 90 maybe even 100 receiving yards you know just so that way he's effective so i'm going over yeah, I, I agree with you. He's gonna he's got to get the over. I I don't. I know I've been kind of dumping on the Bengals. Like, oh, I don't think I think he's gonna be. They're gonna be shut down. But I do feel like, you know, Higgins is gonna get his yards, and um, you know, Williams is a good cornerback. But I do think Higgins is a better receiver. Uh, obviously, Ramsey is probably not gonna be completely on Jamar Chase the whole game. I think he's gonna be, you know, switching between you know Boyd, Higgins, and and Chase, but majority probably on Chase. But on the times that he is with Higgins, I still think that Higgins is gonna is gonna get some of his catches. So um, yeah, I, I would take the over. I, I don't. I honestly feel that's one of the other ones that I feel really strongly about. So yeah, um, if I were a betting man, uh, I would bet the Odell Beckham without a doubt and T Higgins without a doubt. To be honest. So all right, Cody. So for the final final one, the spread. Now, I kind of had to explain this to you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I explained it well. Um, but the spread is the Rams are favored by four mm-hmm. is, the, is the number. But I put it at four and a half because on, um, on DraftKings, it's at four and a half. On, you know, Fox, it's four. So I did the four and a half because that's a little bit easier for you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spread the the Rams are favored at four and a half. Who are you taking in in one? Well, I've got the I've got the Bengals winning, but I will take the spread that the Rams will be within four points of the finals of of the loss. Correct? Is that how? So, that works? so you're taking so you're taking the Bengals outright, or do you think? Or are you taking are you taking the Rams to win, but the Bengals to cover? Wow. You should have um, had me go. <laughs> I'm just going to go okay, so, straight up. How about that? <laughs> okay. That, that works. It, right. And that, that makes sense because you had picked them earlier anyway. So I, I'm sorry. I thought I made that a little bit easier for you, but um, I'm going to actually take the Rams outright. Now I actually really thought about taking the Bengals to cover for the Rams to overall win. Um, and that would be the Bengals be within four points. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think, I think the luck has run out for the Cincinnati Bengals. I do think the Rams are a better team overall, as I had explained. I just think the Rams are going to completely dominate this team. And I think mm-hmm. that the Rams, I don't want to say lucked out in the sense of, um, you know, getting the Bengals. Cause I don't, I don't want to be rude to the Bengals. Cause I think the Bengals deserve to be here. 
but I feel like the Rams would have had a harder chance to play against the Chiefs versus uh, playing against the Bengals. I think I think the Rams feel a little bit better about playing the Bengals. So, um, although they would probably never say that, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the Rams outright. Um, I just think it's this is a game that the Rams were made for. So I'm going to pick the Rams. Got it. All right, guys. So let's take a break, Cody. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a whole mess of things. We got Kyler Murray drama. We got NBA drama. And uh, hopefully if we get to it, maybe a little baseball and uh, NBA or in um, Pro Bowl drama. So uh, stay with us. We still have a well, I don't want to say a lot to go because it may deter you, but we still have a little bit to go. So stay tuned. <laughs> and we're back. Sorry. I'm sorry. I like that song. Um, so, Cody, let's talk about the Kyler Murray drama first. Um, but I, you know what? Let, let me go to this first. We just got confirmation. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP this year. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. You and I called it. I mean, I don't think yeah. it was that hard of a decision. But... Um, Good for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, TJ Watt wins the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Joe Burrow won Comeback Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year was Cooper Cup. So a lot of a lot of cool things. Uh, so congratulations to those players and and uh, props to Mike Rabel for winning Coach of the Year. Very well deserved. Absolutely well deserved. So mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to all of them. Okay, we got that out of the way, Cody. No one cares about the. No one cares about it anymore. It used to be it used to be an honor. Now it's just kind of crap. Anyway, um, so Kyler Murray, I, I didn't see this coming. I don't. I don't know if you did, but I really didn't see this coming. Kyler Murray unfollows um, the Cardinals on social media. He mm-hmm. deleted like every picture he has of him in the Cardinals. Anything. Um, and, uh, so a lot of people believe that this is something where he either wants to get traded. Um, he wants to, um, have a big contract you know, mm-hmm. the, the consensus is that he's trying to get a big contract. That's what I have seen in reports. Now there's been other reports where he just doesn't like the Cardinals and he wants out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like, I, I think I'm in agreement with, he wants a bigger contract. So Cody, is this a big deal? Is this something that Kyler has leverage on? I mean, what's going on? So I think the best way to answer it is it's a yes to all of it, but in a, in a roundabout way, is it unorthodox? Yes. Cause what we're used to is a quarterback basically playing out the entirety of his contract, a holdout, so on and so forth. This is rare that a, quarterback still on his rookie deal kind of now makes this much I wouldn't say trouble but begins the process to potentially get a new deal this quickly um and I listened to a couple of different analysts I heard Mike Greeny talk about it a little bit on his show uh I heard Colin Cowherd talk about it a great deal I thought Colin uh, Colin Cowherd had the best take on it which was you know he's a smaller quarterback he's been injured you know, a bunch of times so far in his young career. And what he wants is he wants a new deal. That's going to have some sureties to it to make sure that he's taken care of. In other words, any injury that happens, he's got guaranteed money and 
you know, he controls his destiny rather than what it's been before, which is, you know, most quarterbacks in their rookie deals are at the mercy at the team. So, you know, I, in my opinion, I think it is a big deal because I think Kyler Murray will be one of those players that kind of starts a new trend where, you know, we even saw it a little bit with some, you know, quarterbacks that don't want to get drafted to a certain place. So they just say, I won't go there. And what ends up happening, they kind of orchestrate their way to the city they want to go. Kyler Murray is just kind of making it known that I have no problem leaving if I can't get what I want and you guys will have to deal with that. And look at what the Cardinals had to give up just to get, you know, Murray. I mean, they originally had Josh Rosen. They, they got rid of him. Uh, you know, they've invested a lot in Kyler Murray. And so if he were to just walk out the door with nothing to show for it, I think that'd be a huge thing. So I, I find this as a pretty big deal. I'm curious to see what'll happen. But uh, what doesn't help, too, is Kyler Murray had a really bad game, you know, against the Rams where he was, I mean, he was dog walked on that in that game, man. Like he looked like he had no business being out there, made tons of mistakes. And I don't know if it was him that was ill prepared or the coaching staff that was ill prepared, man. But that team did not look ready to go at all. And so it's it's I think Kyler Murray has the most leverage he'll probably ever have right now because prior to him being injured earlier this season, you know, the Cardinals looked like the most dangerous team in the NFL. Once he got injured and then came back, they kind of weren't the same, but they still got in the playoffs, which I told you, I didn't believe in them anyways. But regardless though, I think this is probably his best bet to keep his health intact along with getting some guaranteed money. Cause I can see the next contract being maybe a three-year extension and all of it guaranteed very similar to like a Kirk cousins deal when he went to the Vikings. So that's what I see this happening. So, yeah, I think it's a huge deal in terms of Murray and uh, what the future of the NFL and other younger quarterbacks will be doing uh, in free agency and very similar things like this. I had tweeted out earlier this week, and if, and if you don't follow me, go follow me. I, I don't know my Twitter handle. I'm not – you know, I'm 31 years old. I, I don't know my Twitter handle. Anyway, um, <laughs> but um, I tweeted out earlier this week, like, it's kind of a bold move for Kyler Murray um, to, to be pulling this stunt after the game that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that we have to look at the big picture. You have to look at everything that he has done. And overall, Kyler Murray is a special player. Okay? There, there's no question about that. But the game that he had, the game that mattered, that was really something that he had to come up and, 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 and do well. And honestly against the team that he had great success against this year, he absolutely folded. And I don't, I think it is a mixture of coaching. Of course, coaching does matter and it does come into play. But I also think a lot of his interceptions that he threw, you cannot blame the coaching on. You have to blame Kyler Murray. I mean, the, the, the interception that everyone looks at where he basically tries to throw it before he gets sacked as a safety. Like you're taught early on, you take the safety. Like what, what's better giving up two points or six points? Well, the two points is a little bit better because it's, it's a little bit easier to come back from. Yeah. Tyler Murray looked so panicked. Now you could blame that on the offensive line as well. And I think that is, that is a big thing. And a lot of people say that he is injured. So uh, that also had a lot to do with him not being able to scramble as much. Overall, to me, though, after the game that you had like that, you should not be worried about your contract. What you should be worried about 
is how am I going to show this organization that I am going to be worth every penny for my contract? Mm -hmm. That should be the only thought process. I have a little, now I'm not against people trying to get their money. I understand that. Especially a lot of people that come out that come into the NFL, they didn't have money back then, mm -hmm. you know, and now they have this money. They're trying to take care of their family. And I understand that I would be doing the same. But in my opinion, if you're trying to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, your thought process needs to be, how am I going to show my worth to this team after the performance that I have? To me, the, what Kyler Murray is doing is he's worried about his future for his family. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But for me, if this is my job, what I would do is I would pull the playbook from Tom Brady. I would go, I need to worry about how I'm going to help my team. How can I help my team? How can I get better? How can I get these receivers to the right position? How can I get my offensive line a little more help? How can I release the ball quicker? He needs to focus on that. And to me, if I'm an organization and I see what he's trying to do right now, it makes me a little suspect about Kyler Murray about trying to re-sign him because maybe his mind isn't fully on football. And he does have a, he does have that mindset of, I have something I can fall back onto with baseball. And he could. He absolutely yeah. could. He's still very young. He's not pulling a Tim Tebow where he's you know 35 and trying to make it into the majors. He's still very young. He could go from football to baseball at any time he wanted. And to me as an organization, yeah, we took a big flyer on him. We got rid of um, um, Josh Rosen and we to get Kyler Murray. But if he's not going to really put in the work and the effort, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I would be okay if the Cardinals let him go and traded him for, for a first-round pick, to be honest. But I do feel like Kyler Murray does, has no leverage because Kyler Murray – he still is on his rookie contract. If his mm -hmm. rookie contract expires, they could just franchise tag him for three straight years. So Kyler Murray really has no leverage. He's pulling this to try and force some leverage. But mm -hmm. in the end, if Arizona just sits back and waits, they, they, they should be completely fine. So to me, I don't like what Kyler Murray is doing. I understand it, but I don't like it from a football perspective. From a family perspective, I completely understand. I, I understand wanting to get your money. I would definitely try and do the same, but in due time. Yeah. That's my opinion. Gotcha. All right, Cody. So, my God. The, the NBA trade deadline <laughs> was absolutely wow. insane. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't think it was going to be as big. I, I thought James Harden might be moved. I'm kind of surprised Ben Simmons was in the trade, to be honest. But if you haven't heard, if you live under a rock, if you live in non-Wi-Fi area, um, um, James Harden was traded from the Nets to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, uh, future first – first round two, pick two future first round picks two future first round picks so mm -hmm. um overall the i feel like i don't know we'll, we'll talk about it but this was a huge thing 
This was mm -hmm. a huge thing. And I actually tweeted about it earlier. So Cody, I'll let you go first, mm -hmm. but your thoughts on this trade and, and maybe like who won this trade. So early on, my thoughts are, I didn't even think this was going to get done. There was a lot of conflicting reports, even amongst all the ESPN um, analysts and experts where some were saying there's, there's talks going on. Some were saying there aren't talks going on. Um, you know, that they're, uh, the nets were prepared to just, you know, look into trading James Harden in the summer. Cause James Harden wanted to stay. Uh, the Sixers were planning on just holding on to Ben Simmons for the rest of the season and going in the summer with looking to, for another trade partner when people, when more teams were able to get into the bid, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we wake up and basically the trade happens between the Sixers and the Nets. And in my opinion, I think the Nets got better. I mean, I, I think it's hard to replace a player like James Harden. I think he's a um, phenomenal all-star player, no doubt a superstar. I mean, look look how great he was on, on the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, you can make an argument that he didn't get going in Brooklyn because there's a lot of other kind of pieces in there. And plus that organization is just kind of disorganized with how, you know, Kyrie Irving's playing part-time. Katie, um, you know, just got injured recently. Uh, Steve Nash, second year coach is just still kind of getting a feel for everything. He's not, Steve Nash isn't panning out to like a Steve Kerr type of coach that like maybe the Nets were thinking that's got to happen. Um, but in my opinion, I think the Nets won this. They're getting back Andre Drummond. They needed uh, basically a second big who can collect rebounds. Uh, Seth Curry, who's basically, in my opinion, a better three-point shooter than James Harden. And then you get Ben Simmons, who's a huge, um, huge defender, plays the guard, can handle the ball. So it takes pressure off of KD. So, you know, when you got <laughs> Ben Simmons posting up or going to the lane and kicks it out to KD, who's another seven-footer that can pull up from 30 and just – nail it every single time i mean that's a dangerous combination and then let's just hypothetically say that nets play a somewhat of a small ball where they have you know curry uh kyrie irving katie uh you know uh ben simmons and whoever plays the five or whatever position that's open that's that's a pretty dangerous lineup because you got shooters and they're all tall lengthy they can all rebound uh, in my yeah. opinion, the Nets won this. I think the Sixers did get somewhat better because, yes, they give up Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, but they do get a phenomenal player like James Harden who probably will yeah. play really well with Embiid. But I think there's no doubt the Nets got better. But the but the thing is, is how is this coaching going to get them organized, uh, ready to go? Because if, if we're talking about, like, teams that are probably – you know, I think the Nets won the trade, but I think the Sixers are still the better team just because they have a far better head coach in Doc Rivers with Joel Embiid and now James Harden and, you know, the other talent that they have around him with Tobias Harris. I still think the 76ers are a better team, but I think the Brooklyn Nets, you know, won the trade. But initial reactions are like, holy crap, holy cow, what the heck is going on? And then also to Lakers, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's at the same time. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I tweeted about that I think the Nets win this trade because um, getting Ben Simmons, um, I think Ben Simmons is going to a better a better situation for himself, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, in the Sixers, he had to be a focal point. If it wasn't Joel Embiid, it had to be him. Now he's going to a situation where KD is the primary shooter. You mm -hmm. know, Joel Embiid, he was a good shooter, 
but he had to kind of go more inside most of the time. And every now and then he'd, you know, pop out for a three or, you know, a long two or whatever it may be. With KD, he can shoot it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about KD. Then you have Kyrie Irving who, I mean, let's be honest, we, you know, we can disagree with, you know, how good he, you know, is he one of the best players? I, I mean, we can debate that another day, but Kyrie Irving in itself, he's a great shooter. He's a great finisher, great mm -hmm. ball handler. I mean, he's, he's a great player. Um, and so, and he's a guy who can have the ball or not have the ball. Um, as he proved that to, to be able to do that when he was in Cleveland with LeBron. So, um, you know, Kyrie, I think, uh, also takes pressure off of Ben Simmons. So now you have Ben Simmons who comes in. Now all he has to do is focus on defense. He can focus on going inside whenever he needs to. And he can focus on making those passes that he wants to make. And that's it. That's all he needs to do. Um, I think the Nets get better with Andre Drummond. They were missing a rebounder. Now he, now you have it. Uh, Seth Curry, you get that shooting that you're kind of missing with, with uh, James Harden. Now, is he going to be as good as James Harden? Of course not. But when you have KD and Kyrie, you don't really need to – it's kind of nice not having to worry about putting another shooter in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He could be a spot guy where he just sits on a three, and once he gets open, boom, it, uh, nails it. So yeah. I think this was a smart trade for the Nets. I think the Sixers are fine. Obviously, losing Andre Drummond and Seth Curry, honestly, for the Sixers is not that big of a deal. So gaining James Harden, who is a better shooter than both of those guys combined, um, you know, James Harden is going to put a lot of pressure. Honestly, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Joel Embiid that he had been wanting that pressure taken off of when they had Ben Simmons. So I think this is a smart trade for both teams. I think it made sense. But I, as you were saying, the Lakers – I felt like the Lakers could have made a trade for Ben Simmons. And hear me out. Ben mm -hmm. Simmons is a taller Russell Westbrook. But the thing, the difference between Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot. Russell Westbrook wants to shoot. And what's the issue with Russell Westbrook with the Lakers right now? He, he wants shoot. to shoot. <laughs> and he can't shoot. Ben Simmons knows his limitations. You could use that to your advantage. Yeah, he mm -hmm. could work on it in practice. But if the Lakers would have went after Ben Simmons, I think it would have made a lot of sense. And I actually think it would have made them better because all they needed was a guy who can kind of, you know, you know, be a go-to guy when they need it. But also they needed a facilitator other than LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Russell Westbrook is trying too much. And with Ben Simmons – He's he's natural at it. He's natural at passing the ball, and he can get inside whenever he wants to. And he would love Anthony Davis um, and LeBron. LeBron can be your shooter. LeBron's having a phenomenal year, so mm -hmm. I feel like the Lakers should have made a play for him. What they could have given them, I think they could have given them that future first round pick. I think it was like twenty twenty seven first round pick. Mm -hmm. Could have given them Russell Westbrook, um, and probably had to give him like a Malik Monk or something, which. I wouldn't wouldn't be ideal, but I think if you were to get Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James on the same team, giving up Malink Monk, I think you could make the case that that would be um, an okay move. And and I think the Lakers could have done it, but they didn't. Well, I don't I don't think it's that the Lakers didn't want to do it. I just don't think the six. Uh, excuse me. I don't. Yeah, the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers would have accepted the deal. I mean, no offense, but. If we've if we've all seen the same games as everybody and seen how poorly Westbrook is playing, and you know, 
yes, he is not known for his shooting. So he was never known for that. He was always known for his effort, Mm -hmm. Mr. Triple Double, all these other factors. But I do think that the pressure of him playing in L.A. around LeBron James and Anthony Davis is kind of getting to him because, you know, Mm I'm I listen to a lot of first take and, you know, the kind of the topic that they talk about is, you know, everywhere that Westbrook goes, it has like, you know, a sidekick with him, so to speak. You know, it doesn't work out. He's gone through KD, James Harden twice. Uh, he's gone through Paul George, Victor Oladipo. Uh, he's gone through now LeBron and AD. Um, you know, a ton of different talented players that all of a sudden, like, he can't make this team better with them. And I think being in LA with, you know, how the media is and the pressure of winning a championship, I think is getting to him. And that's why now we see him playing even worse than he already is. But I don't think that the Sixers would have given up a almost, I don't want to say 10 years younger, but you know, at least like Ben Simmons, who's probably at least seven years younger than uh, Westbrook, who is more athletic, taller, a better defender, granted not a great shooter but he gets to the basket and he facilitates for Westbrook who doesn't benefit the Sixers he doesn't make them better argument could be made as Westbrook would make him make that team worse so what is it to the Sixers benefit to accepted trade from the Lakers for all we know the Lakers could have offered everybody except for AD and LeBron for Ben Simmons and Sixers were like no we're not taking Russell Westbrook stop calling hangs up hang up the phone you know Um, I'm sure that if the Lakers could have found a way that made sense to move Westbrook's nearly impossible immovable contract, if we had even a tradable draft asset that was within the next two years, not three, not five years from now, you know, it probably would have been better for us to do it in that way. But, you know, the way that we constructed our big three has, you know, 85% of our salary cramp camp uh, and, Majority of everybody else is on mid-levels and on minimum veterans. And those aren't tradable. I mean, they're tradable, but they're not attractive. And so it's hard for us to add all that in there to make it work. So I wish the Lakers would have done something. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but, you know, who knows? Maybe the buyout market is better. I saw something that uh, Rockets offered uh, John Wall and something else for Westbrook. Some part of me makes makes me wonder, uh, you know, if we accepted it, are we better or worse for it? I mean, how much worse can we have gotten if we had gotten John Wall? But wouldn't be worse, but I don't think we would have been better. I, I think you're getting the same exact player who's actually more injury prone. So to be honest, I think it was smart that the Lakers didn't make the deal for John Wall because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Wall probably wouldn't have been available half the time versus Westbrook. I mean, you might get a few games where he's going to score 20 points and you know, that could help you. Yeah. I just wish the Lakers would have done something, but I think this year's a wash anyways. I mean, if we get into the playoffs, we're losing in the play-in tournament for sure. And, um, you know, we just wasted a year of LeBron's career and uh, wasted one of AD, and we'll see how we do next season. Because I'm I'm already for sure thinking the Lakers ain't winning nothing this year. <laughs> so Yeah, I think, I think if the Lakers want to make a move at another – uh, postseason run, they're either going to have to trade AD to get a few assets mm-hmm. or um, they're just going to have to try and find some players who um, 
are better than Westbrook. But I, I would push back on this. The whole Sixers thing with Westbrook, it wouldn't be as bad as you think because with Westbrook, he would have the ball the majority of the time, which is what I think he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing would be is when he had a dominant center or a center that you know could make plays, could get rebounds, uh, like Steven Adams when he was in OKC, mm-hmm. when he has that and then you have a better center in Joel Embiid, I think he would actually be very successful. And that would be the one-two punch. And you could make the case for that. But, um, you know, I, I feel like the Lakers should have been doing the groundwork a long time ago, and I just don't think they did. Um, I think they could have eventually talked the Sixers into it. But I do also think Daryl Morey kind of had something in mind, basically James Harden. And, um, you know, he wasn't going to settle. And good for him. He didn't, and he got what he wanted. So yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah. All right, Cody. Well, we had we have some more, but you know what? We're we're kind of out of time, man. Um, there, there's so much that we could be talking about. There's so much going on right now, but you know, Super Bowl takes majority. Obviously, yeah. the NBA trade line uh, trade deadline. Um, we were going to talk about the Pro Bowl, but I think we can I think we can push that back to another week. So, um, you know, Cody, uh, man, this is this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun next week. I know that you're not going to be here. You're going to be on another vacation. Ooh, I wasn't invited. <laughs> I invited you to my vacation, but whatever. Anyway, we'll talk about that off air. We will. Uh, we'll work that out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, um, you will not be here next week. So I will be having, well, hopefully a solo show. I'm not going to commit to it because I don't know what's going to happen, especially with me uh, not being home right now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to definitely try my hardest to do Drew Code because it's all I got in my life besides my family. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So thank you guys for joining us. We always appreciate it. Trust us. We always think we actually do do some work on this show. It's not like we're just winging it here, okay? Uh, but I appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is at Drew Code Sports Talk. Also follow us on our YouTube page if you don't already, uh, which is Drew Code Sports Talk as well. Subscribe, uh, like, and comment on all the videos. We always want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what your opinions are. Um, so please, please go do that. Um, also go follow us on any of the major podcast sites which we are on Apple Podcasts Spotify iHeart and Google so go listen up subscribe rate and review if it's a one star let us know what we're doing wrong uh, so that way we can come back at you and say you suck don't ever listen to us again no I'm just kidding but um, if you you know let us know what we're doing wrong so we can fix it if it's a five star rating let us know what you like and that way we can tell you to go to the one stars and tell them to um you know, go, go away, you know, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I was going to use another word, but, you know, we're trying to make this family Trying. Uh, anyway, yeah, trying to. Uh, and go check out our, our partners at fnxfitness.com. You know what, Cody, I finally got to the gym after a couple of weeks dealing with this whole COVID thing. Um, and so I got to use my FNX Fitness, and I totally forgot how good that protein was. I don't know how I did what I did. <laughs> So I took it, I took it after I had the workout and I was like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. 
So, and it made me want to order more, but I'm really not low. So it's like kind of a waste of order it. But who knows? Maybe it won't. <laughs> but uh, go check them out. They got great workout gear, great workout supplements. I need more gear. I, I keep forgetting to go look on online and, and buy some, but they do sell out quick. So if you don't go, if you don't go now, the thing that you probably want is probably sold out. So go now, go check it out. And Cody will actually let you know what, um, how you can get 15% off your whole purchase by using a promo code that we have. So Cody, go ahead. That's right, guys. So on our link tree, it's going to be in our bio at the very, very, very top of our link tree is actually a link for you guys to go to fnxfit.com. Click on that, get what you need in terms of supplements, get the gear that you need, get whatever you need to get you started on your fitness journey because we're all still working on it. Drew went back for the first time in weeks. I'm still trying to get back into there whenever I can find time for it. But, you know, I'm a busy guy. Ask Drew. We sometimes don't even talk days on end. But anyways, when you guys get all your stuff, you want to use the promo code TRUECODE15 to get 15% off your purchase at the time that you check out. And that'll give you, uh, obviously, the discount that we're providing for you but if you go through and do special that they usually have every like season or a couple of weeks they'll usually have another discount that comes around you guys can actually add the discount together and it's even more savings for you guys so as Drew had mentioned guys don't forget to follow us on YouTube uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram all the handles are in the link tree as well also in the description of the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to uh, we appreciate you guys very much for listening and hanging in there with us. We cannot wait to review this as well with you guys and also anything else that happens in the world of sports. So with that being said, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Drew and I are signing off. Cannot wait to talk to you guys next time. Again, don't forget to wear your mask, be nice, wash your hands, get vaccinated, be well. We'll see you guys next time. Cody, don't lie to the people. I know you're not that busy. Don't. Don't, don't, don't throw my business out on front street. Break off from the weak minds, they can stay soft. You can change lives, you create thoughts, never waste time. You got one shot, you got one life, better pop off. What do you like? Make a dream job, no nine.